0: Whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships, I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Rowley, and my daughter, Kit Keenan.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ageless. So today we have Katie Sands, who is an on-air style host for Amazon, as well as the founder of her personal blog, Honestly Kate, where she shares lifestyle and fashion tips. And we had such a fun, easy conversation with Katie. She is such a light. We also talk about therapy on this episode, So I wanted to give a little bit of a therapy update for me and just what I've been working on. I used to share a lot about this on my Instagram, but recently I have just been trying to keep it off social media a little bit and focus inward. But I wanted to share a little bit of an update with you guys. So right now, I am going through a bit of a transition period because I have just actually finished my last day of classes at NYU. I'm officially done with college, which is super exciting, but also very scary. And I posted my post-grad episode where I was really struggling with this next chapter, but... Right now in therapy I'm really working on accepting that I I do have a comfortable landing pad to go to after college which is social media and I think I thought, you know, at this time that I would be like killing it in my lifelong career and all of this stuff but I am so so lucky and so so thankful that I am able to take the next year or so and continue working on social media and working with the brands I love, but also in the meantime, experimenting with other career paths and other passion projects that I have been working on on the side, including What's Kit Cooking and other exciting behind-the-scenes stuff. But I... I'm just learning to accept this new chapter Um, except that I am very, very lucky to have the option to pursue a career online for the time being. I know that it's not going to be my forever and I put a lot of pressure on myself to figure out what is next, but I'm also accepting that I'm 22 years old. I am... Proud of myself for the community that I've built online. I love working with the companies I'm working with and I love being able to pitch passion projects. So I'm very excited for what's to come next. And I think I'm just working on continuing to stay curious and trying you know, working in different fields, because at the end of the day, I really want to find something that I'm completely fulfilled in doing. And since I have so many interests, whether it be in art, the culinary world, fashion, I have a lot of interests and passions in front of me. And I don't think I have to pick a lane, but I definitely have to find something that fills my cup. And so that's what my next job is. But just to end off this little intro, I have my friend Danielle Carolyn has a Doing Well daily planner that she made. And one of the prompts is, I trust the next chapter because I know the author. And I know this might sound a little bit cheesy, But sometimes these types of things really help me and stick with me, and it's just something that I needed to know going into the next year, the next few months that are a little bit of uncharted territory for me. So again, I trust the next chapter because I know the author. You guys are the author of your own story So whether or not you have a whole life plan in front of you or not, maybe you're just in the process of drafting the book, but I know that the next chapter will be amazing and beautiful because you guys are in control of it and you have the power to write it in whatever way you please. So I love you guys, and I hope you
0: guys enjoy this episode with Katie. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ageless. We are excited to have Katie Sands with us today. And Katie, give us your little one-line bio.
2: So I'm Katie Sands. I'm the founder of the lifestyle blog, Honestly Kate, and I'm also an on-air style expert
1: currently for Amazon Live. Amazing. I want to know, first off, yeah. how you found your love for fashion and styling and kind of what prompted you to start, honestly, Kate? So it actually
2: goes back to my love for theater. I studied theater production in undergrad. I, was, I always loved Broadway shows growing up and just the costumes that went into it. So I concentrated in costume design. And then I went to a grad program in the city also for theater production was doing costume design there as well. And I just love following different costume designers, similarly to like Patricia Fields that were using contemporary clothing on their actors. And it was just something so different than anything I learned in both undergrad and grad school. And I was like, I've always loved fashion. I used When I was younger, I would intern at Vogue and in the closet and I just loved it. But I really liked telling the story And I liked how different actors and characters could tell a story through their clothes. So it was really my love for costume design that prompted me to just find contemporary clothing and put them on myself, first of all, which I started on an Instagram account called Honestly Kate. And it kind of took off from there. And then I went straight into contemporary and I left the theater world. But my goal is to like one day go back to it and kind of melt the two together.
1: I saw actually a Business of Fashion article the other day about how newer shows like the new season of Gossip Girl and Euphoria are really like leaning on new fashion brands and how it has become like such a great platform for fashion brands to show off like coming collections and stuff like that. And I'm just wondering like what, what your thoughts are on this relationship between TV and fashion and how brands can use that as kind of like a, an entrance into a new audience.
2: I mean, I truly think it's just the way of the future. It's kind of similarly to how I got into streaming also is that showing the clothing in real time, either with a TV show or by streaming the product and like putting it on and touching it and bringing it to the camera and showing how it moves on your body is the way of the future. So I think it's great for brands to get into shows like Gossip Girl and Euphoria. And I feel like even I'm currently watching, um, I keep calling it the wrong name. I think it's White Lotus. And I know all the brands the characters are wearing and they're all relatively new collections. So I think it's really interesting to see so many of the costume designers, both in theater and on in TV shows, kind of melding that connection together and using newer brands and newer designers. And then sharing how you can then shop their outfits after the show
0: well I think that the immediacy part of what's happening in entertainment right now that was the key you know that was what turned the whole thing made it click because it was always like you would shoot a show and then it would be a year before six Mm -hmm. months at least before it would get on the air. And then, you know, how do you reconcile those deliveries and all that? And now I think with more streaming and all these shows that I think you have a little bit more of like a buy now, wear now moment when you're watching. And I think as a designer, it's really inspiring sometimes to kind of work the other way, you know, and have like a character or a show. I mean, Euphoria has definitely inspired a lot of what, has been happening in fashion in the last few years and Bridgerton and, you know, I think it's interesting how there is that marrying of both entertainment and fashion. Like there kind of always has been, but now it's, it be, can become even more real and you can bring it out to broad audience. I mean, Amazon creating shows and then being able to actually sell it on the site that's the goal, right? It's
1: all in one house, which is amazing. It's,
2: it's been really funny for me because for me as a host and like my background is in production, like I've always wanted to also be like the host, but also the production side of things because even with Amazon, and I've seen this with work that I've done with them over the past year, some of the shows that are shot on Amazon, then customers, of course, want to buy the outfit and want to buy it immediately. But then it comes down to the tricky part of working with the designers and also the costume designers together and being like, are you comfortable selling your clothes on Amazon? Would you be comfortable taking your bespoke outfit and making it into something that's more affordable for the customers? And just like figuring that out a little bit more where I think that's going to, we're gonna see a lot more work in that field, which is all comes down to just like the business side and the lawyers and dealing with it. The designers are comfortable selling the clothes for a more affordable price point. Because we've like seen that trouble come in with Mark like Mrs. Maisel. Of course, it's one of the Amazon shows, and people wanted to like buy looks that they were wearing, but they're all like such specific costumes made for the character. And of course, like the designers were like, "Well, we don't want to sell it at a different price point, or we don't want to sell like a look for less or a dupe." So I think figuring that out is definitely like the next step in the industry when it comes to like shopping for shows. Is
1: all of the amazon fashion stuff at a lower price point or is there a range no no it's definitely a range sorry that
2: might have been a little confusing more meant like when costume designers or in designers were making a look specifically for the character like not meant to be sold in stores but then audience members want to buy that look and they were like oh we saw so and so design that look for that character how can we get our hands on it and figuring out if Like that's even possible, or if designers want to make clothing that can be sold, or is it just specifically for the show?
0: Gotcha. But also, just speaking of the range, can -hmm. you explain what Amazon Luxury is versus Amazon?
2: I'm not a part of the fashion team because I'm just there for the show. But what I have been told that is, is that the Amazon Luxury team is having higher, much higher end items than a typical under hundred for Amazon Fashion. But it's because the customers and the audience, they're looking to find more luxury items and more luxury brands while they're shopping on Amazon. So of course, there's still going to be those customers that want to shop under 100 We just had um, up come on Amazon, which ShopUp's obviously owned by Amazon. But of course, some of the items on ShopUp are from anywhere 200 to $1,500. And we had them on our Amazon fashion stream. And some of like the audience that's used to buying products on the stream under a hundred dollars, they were like, wait, this is much more, this is so much more expensive than your usual stuff. But then there's of course customers that that's what they're looking for. So figuring out also, I think what stream to do when, and how to say like, this is a luxury stream versus this is a lower end fashion stream. Like it's, it's kind of hard, I think as a host to also have the same audience because it's all on their page but then like decipher which one is what's happening even though it's on this it's at the same time with the same audience but some half your audience is looking for to spend some x amount and half your audience is looking to spend under x amount so i find that it's also difficult to dealing with that like from a social media standpoint like with my instagram account as well like sometimes i'm like here are great products under 100 and here are some Here's a few dresses I wore to the last weddings that I went to or attended. And of course, they're over 300, 400 range.
1: A lot of the streaming you do, as I understand, is with more accessible products. How do you balance that with your Instagram audience that is probably more of a range there? And how do you kind of style like the stuff from Amazon or the more affordable pieces with the higher end pieces that you wear all the time on Instagram?
2: I feel like I really try to just always make it a balance and be like, I really mix high and low, of course, with some more lower end pieces. They're not, they're more fast fashion. They're not sustainable. There there's a lot of negativity that comes with it, even though it's at a much lower price range. So I try to make that very clear to my audience both on social media and in streaming and say like, here, I'm wearing this piece from Amazon. It's like a $20 clutch, but you can also find a more sustainable option for a higher end brand that is X amount. So I think that's been really hard for me. I'm sure you guys have I'm um, like encountered this with just talking about different price ranges and like the sustainability factor and what goes into different fabrics and what they cost and like how you can't have it under this amount. So I just try to always preface it by... Being like, hey guys, I'm I'm sharing this outfit today. It's a mix of high and low pieces. Some from Amazon, some from some of my favorite designers, and this is how I style it together. Because so I think everyone dresses in the fashion industry mixes some high and low together.
1: Yeah, I definitely find that issue with my audience as well. Because obviously, like if I'm posting something from a sustainable brand, or even I just worked with Reformation and their clothes, like for my audience. It, might be a little bit out of their price range. I think it is like, it's awesome to champion those brands that are really working to make their products less harmful for the environment and more ethically produced, et cetera. But at the same time, it's like you do have to look at the price range of who you're speaking to. And I think that I know it's such a big trend, especially on TikTok to show Shein hauls and like, amazon fashion hauls with very very cheap products which is great because younger people that are watching those tiktoks can afford that stuff but at the same time it's like they do get a lot of negative feedback as well just because yeah. maybe those products aren't aren't made in the best way so
2: difficult because you're gonna get hate and negativity from every like i'll post something that's pricier and people are like well no one can afford that none of your audience and then i'll post something that's really inexpensive and people will be like why are you supporting this fast fashion brand like it's so bad for the environment and they they don't treat their workers well and they don't i'm like you know you can't win so you kind of just have to post what you love to wear and how you like to style your pieces and i always say like try to be something for someone not everything for everyone because you'll never win that way
1: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. But it is like you kind of have to try out, be be cognizant (laughs) of your audience and like test things. And if they don't do well, you
0: correct your mistake and move on. But Um, also, I mean, I think it's important to have your own beliefs and standards and not, you know, just only listen to your audience, but educate them as well. And I think sustainability is really, really important. And maybe there's a reason why the audience is saying all that stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. It's just also like, then you also have to think about the price point of most sustainable products, which is way higher. And that's very inaccessible for people sometimes as well. So it's like, it's definitely, it's a tough balance, but in terms of, your style. I actually had a funny question. I'm well, sure you have heard of the term "chuggy" and I wanted to know if there are any styles you've tried in the past that you would categorize as chuggy now or if there's anything you still wear that might be considered chuggy because there's definitely things that I do like I remember my sister is 16 so she is like she thinks everything I do is chuggy and like very grandma like I'm always wearing liquid eyeliner and she was like, oh, we don't do that. That's now. Like we only do stick eyeliner and like smudge it out. No one does liquid liner anymore. And I was <laughs> like, I don't know anything. And I definitely wear like, of course I would wear like golden goose sneakers. I don't, all of that stuff that's now considered to I guess, but I still love it. So I don't know.
2: Everything I do and wear and say, according to my younger sister is Cuggy. Like everything I do, she's like, No, what are you doing? She, and I I designed like an active wear line earlier last year, and she was like, Oh god, those colors, those are those are out. Like those are not the colors you need to be wearing. Personally, I feel like I try so hard not to follow the trends and really just go with what I like and what fits my body type. But I don't think I'll ever go back to skinny jeans. I think that to me is definitely out. It's like, or like low rise
1: jeans. And Wait, you I, won't do low rise? No. I, I won't do low rise either.
0: Get ready. Mark you, my word. I'm no, saying no, it no, right now. No, know.
1: we know. It's just right. not, it's it, off it, off. Just, I can't. Like I, I like can't it. adjust to the trends. I like but it. I even, I tried on a pair of skinny jeans the other day and I was like, I can't believe I, I put these on my body. This feels wrong. This actually feels yeah. wrong.
2: So like, I feel so claustrophobic when I wear skinny jeans and I tried on a pair the other day and I'm working with a denim brand and they like sent a pair of skinny jeans over because I feel like people are trying to bring them back in a big way. And I'm like, nope, it's not
1: going to work for me. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely, definitely not. Are there any trends that you're loving right now that are very trendy, very in trend right now that you're loving. Because really? I saw somebody yeah. saying like the chunky chains, mm-hmm. amazing, very trendy right them. now. I They're love. so cool. But the like resin rings that everyone was wearing. No. Gone now Don't already. Me. I mean, they went in and they went out and I'm so glad. because I almost added them to,
2: I'm like trying to make a little, I feel like this won't come out before I give it to them. So I'm giving it to them on Thursday, but Like I was going to put them in my bridesmaids bags, the little resin wings, the colors and like the little pouch with some products. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I didn't order them now because they're out. I love patchwork. I think patchwork denim, it's like, I think it's so much fun. I feel like it's a really big trend for fall. And I just like, that's a trend that I've always loved. And I feel like it's coming back. Like I have a really old gap denim jacket with patchwork. I have had forever and I'm so glad I never got rid of it now because I feel like it's going to be back in a big way I mean I'm wearing it right now but I like
1: everything like mustard color oh my god yes love I hope (laughs) patchwork comes back because
0: what are are you saying patches sewn on or patched like patched
2: items like very Joseph and the Technicolor
1: dream coat oh yeah like you have a pair of Levi's that are I actually know. like they actually have just been worn so much and have just been patched like over I the years. And, stuff. <laughs> and they're amazing. So I I really hope it's it's a big trend so that I can like break those out. I definitely I still can, but that, like
0: that means I have to put a lock on my closet. Yeah, right yeah,
1: definitely. You already have to. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested because obviously, like now you're very focused on streaming, what your thoughts are on. Instagram's big push for video content?
2: I have like a love-hate relationship with Instagram just because I have my whole, my whole brand started because of Instagram. And I obviously have to credit Instagram and social media to getting me where I am in my career and also getting me in the door for auditions for different hosting opportunities. For that, I'll always love Instagram and always be thankful for it. But I just have days where I'm not into like posting or want to share anything. And I'm like, everything is the same. And I think with the video content, I think, of course, it's so much fun to see video content, to see people in real life because I'm so against anyone face tuning themselves or editing themselves in any way. So I feel like video, you can really see the real them. But I do find it hard to keep up with. Like I find all the video content they're really pushing it. So the more you post videos, the higher your your account will get on the algorithm. But I feel like it's so overwhelming that I'm like, how do people create and post videos this fast all the time, unless they're doing that full time and have an editor with them and a whole team. I think I, I find it extremely overwhelming. And I wish it wasn't pushed as hard as they're pushing it on the algorithm. Because I do find that people should do it in their own time. And it should be the same kind of like point level on Instagram as like a post or as a story. I just feel like there's
1: so much content. It's overwhelming to me. I agree. I do think that there's just overall like a push right now for more content that's less high quality. And I think that's a big change in the past few years where it's like, before it was really about like putting out a few amazing stills or a few very, very high quality videos. And now it's just about like pumping out content as much as possible and especially video content. And I think that's like mainly inspired by TikTok because obviously TikTok, like there are obviously creators on the app that make beautiful video content, but a lot of it is just like very casual, very easy. So I think that's kind of the direction that Instagram is heading in and for me right now that just means like little videos of like my day to day which I think is manageable but you have to like find a space there that you can maintain because it's so hard to like be creating insanely like high quality videos all the time it's just
2: Honestly what I learned during the pandemic is like there are so many talented people like in our generation I'm like how are all of these people constantly creating videos every five seconds mm-hmm. I didn't even understand it and I was like I, I personally actually got off the of TikTok because I just thought it was it was so overwhelming and it wasn't even content or quality content that I was interested in looking at and it's a shame because I really thought TikTok was going to go away but it's not, it's definitely here to stay. But to me, it's really fun to look at different videos and co- video content when like friends send it to me if it's something like relatable to what I'm doing. And I find the people who are so great at making the videos, especially the fashion videos, I find it so inspiring. Like, I can't pump out content like that. I don't know how so many of these people, this young generation is doing that. But I completely agree with everything you said. It's just like constant pumping out of content without maybe like having a message or a meaning and it, it's to me it's really overwhelming.
1: Yeah, I mean I struggle with that all the time. But I think, yeah, it's about finding content that you can make easily. And that's like maintainable for you and your lifestyle or not. Maybe you just put out like one of my friends has an amazing podcast, but she only puts out one episode a month because she's just like, I want to put everything into this. I want to have multiple guests. I want to take my time editing this. And like, that's okay too. There's an audience for that as well. So if you want, to make like higher quality videos, maybe it's just going to be less and maybe it's just going to be fewer, but you like have to find what works for you in that space. But in terms of like deleting TikTok or not going on it, as you said, I know you have talked about just finding a balance with social media and mental health. And I would love to hear your journey a little bit with that.
2: So I have always been really involved in different mental health organizations. It's just like it's something that's really important to me. I do think that there's so many positives to social media. I I like find so many positives every single day whether it's like connecting with people that you would have, not, have never have connected with, like finding common ground. I think it's really great for the charity and organizational world too to like reach a broader audience. But with mental health, I think I mentioned earlier like I just called my account Honestly Paid from the beginning because I was like, everything is going to be real and authentic. Like I might be in full glam, but I'll mention that. I'll be like, I'm in full makeup right now and I'm fully dressed up, but nothing about the photos, photoshopped or edited in any way. And that was really my goal to just like bring a positive outlook to social media when I started my account. But then I realized that because I was trying to put out this very positive vibe, people were like, it's very unrealistic you're always smiling, you always seem happy. And then I realized it was actually having the opposite effect. And so I came out on my stories one day, like about, I think it was like a year and a half ago. And I just said, I realized exactly what I was trying to do is is actually now having the opposite effect. I'm not always happy. I'm not always dressed up. I have days, really bad days, just like everybody else does out there. And if you are struggling, like reach out. I have so many resources that I can help you with. And I got an overwhelming response from that more than I hadn't gotten from anything I've ever posted prior. So I realized that there is a community that is really looking for more authenticity and more realness and more openness. And since then, I've just really tried to incorporate different ways to have mental health be part of the platform and I think Instagram has also done a really good job about it by having like their whole mental health coalition and this is part of this is why from home for me is difficult because of my dog (laughs) I just find that there's so many people that want to get involved in different mental health organizations and be open to talking about it and that's a beauty like part of the beauty I find with social media is that it's helped connect me with similar like-minded people that want to get involved in the same thing so I've had my personal therapist come on my Instagram multiple times and I've had questionnaires where I've been like sending your questions she specializes in women in their 20s and 30s so send in any questions you've had and I had her and I said to I said on the live when I've been on with her like you know this is my real this is my personal therapist so I'm not going to go into anything that I speak to her about but we're going to talk about some questions that you guys have sent in that was really helpful during the pandemic for so many people that either couldn't afford to therapy were nervous to try it for the first time didn't even know where to go or who to reach out to so that was really incredible and i loved doing it it just got really personal cuz people started writing in stories onto like the chat and i had to like shut it down because it got really intense and i was like i'm not a doctor and i have a professional on with me but there's only so much we can handle on social media. But I find that so many brands, so many beauty brands, so many fashion brands are really, you know, showing more their more authentic selves and models. And I, I think there's a really positive push in the right direction for more authenticity and openness about mental health and mental health struggles.
1: Besides therapy, are there any daily rituals or parts of your day that help you? Connect to self and like get out of negative mental health spirals, I guess?
2: Definitely. I mean, this is my number one, my journal. Like, this I take with me everywhere. And this, I always say, like, buy yourself the most gorgeous journal you can find. Like, this one I love from Nuna. And I write everything down, like, I handwrite everything I'm feeling. So, whether I'm working from home or whether I'm going to a meeting or have an audition for a hosting opportunity. And I'm like starting to like get that spiral in my head. And for me, the last couple of months, I recently got engaged and I had an engagement party. And it's like, anytime I'm seeing friends or family, like I think, oh my gosh, I'm going to get them sick or I'm going to do something. And it's kind of spirals out of control in my head. I'll write exactly how I'm feeling down. I also do a lot of sound meditation with someone that I actually found on Instagram her her account's called in kale x kale like a play on words with kale and that has been incredibly helpful I am so down with everyone doing a lot of self-love self-care whatever works for you to get out of your own way and out of your own head
1: yeah I definitely think you like need to have those parts of your day that you can kind of check in with self and like reconnect we Actually, talked about how, like, having a dance party or just like getting into your body and out of your head is so helpful for those moments. So, yeah, I definitely think journaling has helped me so much and just writing those things out and thinking about things that are also like energy givers rather than energy takers or energy drainers. Because I definitely think, like, when I'm in an anxiety spiral, like, I'm only thinking about things that are going to drain me and like making those things seem a lot bigger in my head than they actually are. And so when I'm like thinking back and journaling after, I can think about things that give me energy and like replenish those parts of myself that have been kind of like drained in those anxiety moments. But yeah, I think it's very important to find
0: those. I do think also journaling and like, I sometimes don't sleep that well. And I write down all my, everything that I have anxiety about, I write down in a journal next to my bed and it really just helps to just write it down because once you put it down on paper and then the next morning or later in your day, you read it, you're like, oh, this isn't that I can tackle this or I can, you know, I see what. I was thinking and I can overcome that or I, you know, so I do think just the act of actually writing it down is therapeutic in its own way, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah.
2: Right. I feel the same and I love to dance also. I recently <laughs> was having like the craziest day for work and I went to a dance body in person, like outdoor class. And I like was smiling, ear. like I like it just like by dancing and like feeling goofy and like putting all my energy into another another part of my body. It like helped tremendously. I came back to the city and I was like a new person.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like literally just putting on your favorite song and dancing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so healing or go get on a bike or get, a, oh, you yeah. know, get on a city bike or go for a big brisk walk. walk or yeah yeah, yeah. so just good. movement I yeah I think it's good it
2: is so helpful I believe in like movement as medicine like I've like I started weightlifting too recently which I ne- I've never lifted a weight in my entire life and it's the best like I feel it so deep in my body like for days, day like three days after I do the workout and it's so grounding mm-hmm. and I feel strong like both physically and mentally like I've never felt strong before like I've always felt like I was you know, in shape and I love cardio and dance, but I have never felt like, like, Oh, I can, I can handle that on my own. Like both in my mentally and physically it's wild. Yeah.
0: Wait, I have to, I want to know more about this because somebody recently told me that, you know, when you're lifting weights, you should lift the amount of weight that almost feels like, like your arm is going to break, but do less reps. Yep. And that's how you really build strength. But like, just give us a couple little tips about your okay, weight.
2: So I started doing weight training with actually another friend of mine, like that I met in school that is completely doing something else on his own too. And he started this company, The Live Method. And he's like convinced me to come in one day. I was like, I feel like I'm, I just don't feel strong. And I was like, I'm working out all the time. I love cardio. I love I do all those like little weights. And he's like, that does nothing, especially for women. I think there's like a big misconception that weight training is going to bulk you up. But it, I mean, I've now been doing it for eight months. I, it has changed my life. And like, I hate hyperboles like that, but I truly, truly believe in it now. Just like we do these reps where even when I'm in weight training, it's so heavy and we'll do like five reps, like three reps of the heaviest weight. And I'll feel it four days later. Yes. But I don't even feel it in, in the training session. And I just have noticed like I, I'm really strong now. And it's crazy. Like I can lift things. Like I streamed half from home and half in the studio. Wasn't able to lift any of my blocks. Now I'm like picking them up. They're like going and I feel much more grounded too. And it relaxes my mind.
1: Yeah. I. That's why they call it like functional training because it's meant, it means that like you can actually complete like other functions in your life, like picking up the groceries or like loading the car or whatever yeah, it lifting is. Lifting your kid or whatever. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's so helpful just like in, in daily life as well, you know? I love that we've gone from fashion
0: <laughs> to weight <laughs> training.
1: Yeah, truly a renaissance to woman.
2: Entertainment
0: and everything.
2: My brother is a professional athlete. And my whole entire life, he's younger than me or two years apart. He would always say to me, like, you need, you need to stop doing these crazy workouts you're doing like that are trendy. You need to start lifting weights. And I was like, and he's big, but he does it on purpose. And I was like, no, like I'm going to, I'll be a bodybuilder. I'll look like a huge. Bodybuilder, he's like, you will not, kitty. He's like, you need to be doing a lot more weight training and like only eating protein to even look close to that. He's like, just try it. And now, of course, he's been telling me this for like five years. Now, of course, he's like, I told you, you just. Like-
1: I I always say to people that that say that to me, I'm like that are girls that say I don't want to be bulky. I'm like the woman that look very strong and have huge muscles do you know how hard they work for that like oh, they're not know. they're not just like lifting a few weights like and once then suddenly yeah, yeah once a day or like once every few days and like beco- like they are spending hours in the gym they have a very like regimented eating schedule and like they're working their butts off to look like that like you will not you're not going to get to that level unless you're trying very very hard and like yeah. following a bodybuilding like plan so
2: I'm it's also yeah. such a beauty. And since I started weight training, like you you eat so much more because you're so hungry because you're burning calories and you're burning fat for days after your training session. So it, to me, it's like the best kind of workout ever because he's like, my trainer's like, eat whatever you want. Like eat anything, eat so much food. He's like, if you want to, I would cut out alcohol, like only limit it to the weekends because that's just sugar and that's just getting in the way of what you're doing. But he's like, go wild. I don't care what you eat. And to me, that's like, I'm like, okay, so everything I learned is now the opposite.
1: Yeah. But speaking of being a Renaissance woman, and we've talked about so much, I want to know about your thoughts on the influencer label, because I definitely have, like, I think that it can be kind of like an icky word, but at the same time, it's like, in my mind, it's pretty empowering that like you have people that you are influencing, like in one way or another.
2: Um, well, it has such a negative connotation, like as you just mentioned. And I find personally, I used to have such a negative connotation with it. Like I would tell my team, Hey, like in my bio, don't write, I'm an influencer, like, write I'm an entrepreneur, write something else. And I have really just learned to own the word because I think influencer is such a vague term and it can mean so many different things, right? Like you can be, be a chef, you can be a nutritionist, you can be a fitness person, you can be in fashion, you can be in beauty. There's so many different words that come under the word influencer. So I feel like everyone needs to have a better um, relationship with the word because you can say you're an influencer and then get into the details of what you actually do later on. You can be an entrepreneur. You can be a designer. You can. There's so many things that come under the word, but I think that the influencer, Kiara Faraghani, I always pronounce her last name wrong, her documentary, I think really shows a really good example of that you can do so many different things and still be considered and known as an influencer without it being a negative word. Because I personally used to have such a hard time with it. And like my friends like my real friends, like have a field day with the word influencer because they're not in the space at all. And they're like, Katie's an influencer or like, they'll say something funny where they'll make fun of it. And I'm like, okay guys, well, I'm actually doing a lot of really interesting things. Like, why don't you ask me about the projects I'm working on or what I'm doing behind the scenes? Like there's
1: so much that goes under it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And we need to come up with a new word.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't mind it also though. It's just like, there's so much that, that fits under that label that it's just kind of like accepting it and then explaining all the other fun projects that
0: you're working It out. is like an entrepreneur and an influencer mix. So it's like an entrefluencer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's the new it's word. Like
2: solopreneur. Like I used to make, I used to find so many different words to come up with, but I just think there, of course, in every single industry, there's going to be those like people where there are in the influencer industry that are very negative to the industry. And it's only going to like put a bad name, but there's that you have, like, because it's such a new industry, there's that in every industry, there's that in finance, there's always going to be those like bad, bad people that like put a bad damper on the word. There's that in fashion, there's that in like food. So I just find... Um, Like there's in nutrition, like I have so many friends in the nutrition world and they're always like talking about this one piece, this like one person or a few people that are like putting such a bad name on the word. But I think there's that in every industry. So if you can just like stick to the good people and the positive people and people that are doing really interesting things with it, that's like what you have to just focus on.
1: I love that. And I am an influencer and I own that word, but I also think like you always have to continue to be inspired by what you're doing. And I think like labels can sometimes just like pigeonhole you into one thing when it's like, well, I actually do a lot of interesting things and like I have my hand in a bunch of different places, which I think is, is like awesome that we're able to do that. But one question that we ask all of our guests on Ageless is what do you want to be when you grow up? So I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: So I want to be Hoda copy. I love her. I want to be on the Today Show. I would love to be a full-time host. I'm like, Hoda, I would love to wear your skin.
1: <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing. You need to, you definitely like, I love having people like that where it's just like <laughs> your career is everything. And it's like great to have inspiration and like mentors like that. I think it's so important.
2: So funny because I feel like, you know, I feel like people always stray away from like answering that. And they're like vague in the question, but I'm like, I think it's also great to like have a direct thing. Like you see someone you want to do what they're doing or like do what they're doing, but add X, Y, and Z magic to it and just be driven to get there and like continue to hustle every day.
1: I agree.
0: Hope you guys love this episode and thanks so much to Jenny Media for our audio production.
1: All right. So I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening.